This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Well, if you would, turn in your Bibles to uh, 1 Peter. Turn your Bibles to 1 Peter. Um, we live uh, in a hostile environment, don't we? Um, the world looks at us and sees that we are strange, we are different, or they should. Um, and First uh, Peter is a letter that Peter wrote, uh, the, the Apostle Peter, the, the, the one who Jesus said um, to him, you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. That Peter is the one who's writing this, telling us how to live in the midst of a hostile world. Uh, last week at, uh, at Redeemer, uh, we looked at verses 1 and 2, uh, just an introduction. And uh, today, uh, we will be looking together at um, verses 3 through 5. Uh, but as I read through the scripture, um, I'll go ahead and begin with 1 and 2 so that we can kind of have it all together. So uh, let's read from 1 Peter, beginning in chapter 1, verse 1. Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, for the sprinkling with His blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you that you have spoken to us in your word. Lord, we thank you that uh, uh, you give us um, instruction for life and godliness. And uh, Lord, that you um, have uh, uh, revealed to us um, through the seed of the word, as it's called in chapter 2. Uh, Lord, you have have caused us to be born again. You've caused us to to see with new eyes, Lord. And we pray that, Lord, you'd help us to see um, truth on these pages. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to glory in it. Uh, Lord, to break out in praise uh, over what we see that you have done for us in Jesus Christ. Father, give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, um, Peter, the apostle of Jesus Christ, um, wrote this to us as an apostle. I'm going to go ahead and kind of uh, summarize the first few verses, but um, 
Peter as an apostle, he was one who was sent. You know, that, that, that apostle is, is one who was sent, but he's not just any uh, person or messenger that's sent. Uh, he is one of those 12 apostles that Jesus particularly appointed. And as Jesus is, as, as Peter is writing, he is writing with the authority of Jesus Christ. He's, he's a specific ambassador or messenger that Jesus has appointed with a special authority as an apostle. Uh, this not just like the authority that any other pastor or minister would hold, uh, but this is the, an actual apostle of Jesus, uh, the one, one who is writing Scripture. And, and as we hear these words that were written by him, we hear the voice of God and we hear the voice of our Savior speaking to us. And he's showing us how we are to live in these hostile days. He addresses the the audience as to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. This letter was probably uh, what you might call an encyclical. An encyclical would be one that is uh, sent to one location, that's taken to another location, then taken to another. So probably um, that's the order in which that they would have been received. Uh, would have, the messenger would have taken it to Pontus and then Galatia and, and go around in a circle. Pontus and Bithynia were right next to each other. So you would, and in fact, it may have been closer to get to Bithynia, but for some reason, maybe, maybe the church in, in Pontus was under greater persecution, and so the message was urgent to get to them. But for whatever reason, probably began in Pontus and carried it around to all those different churches. And, and, and by that, you know, because it's an encyclical, uh, we, can, um, we can particularly relate to it because it wasn't just sent to one particular church like, like uh, Corinthians or Ephesians or something like this. No, this was written to all believers everywhere who are scattered around the world. It says to the dispersion uh, who are elect exiles. Whenever it says here the elect um, one thing it's talking about believers. If you're a believer, one thing we can have confidence in is we didn't get that way just because we woke up someday and decided, well, I think I'm going to start following Jesus today. Right? We, we are, are believers today because God chose us. He chose to save us out of His great mercy. And we are exiles in this world. No longer do we belong here. It's like the old song goes, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. Right? Um, now, it's, when we look at eschatology, I, think, I, I do believe in a, in a new heaven and a new earth that in a sense has a continuity with, with this one where everything will be restored and be re- made new just like it was in the original. Um, but at the same time, the way we are to live in this world is to remember we are citizens of another kingdom. We are, we are citizens of a kingdom that has inbroken into this world. And, and we are like colonists who have come from heaven. And we are, are living according to the rules of our kingdom, not the kingdom of this world. We are uh, elect exiles that God has, has chosen out of this world. And we are living as aliens as foreigners in this place. You know, in the times of, of persecution, in times of, of a hostile environment, 
We need to remember these things. We need to remember that we are aliens in this world. That brings us comfort. When we, when we face hostility due to the world, uh, it brings us comfort to know that God's chosen us and that we're to live as aliens in this world. He has chosen us. He's, we are elect exiles according to, it tells us, the foreknowledge of God in the sanctification of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. When, we saved, when He saved us, it, it included all three persons of the Trinity here. We, it was God's plan, the Father's plan from all eternity. He, he, it was according to His foreknowledge. He chose, he, he planned from all eternity to reach down and save us through Jesus Christ. And uh, it, it's, it's something that is applied by the Spirit in the sanctification of the Spirit. When, when that moment when we believe... That moment when we're born again, when our eyes are open, when we see the world with new eyes, the Spirit comes down and, 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 and sanctifies us. It, he sets us apart. He, he makes us different from everyone else. And He, he calls us to be holy. Uh, um, later on in the chapter it says we're to be holy as God is holy. Um, that, that those, both of those ideas are in the idea of, of being sanctified. We're, we're called to be holy. We're called to be, be uh, a, a moral, good, and, and righteous behavior. And at the same time, we are set apart and different from the world. And that is something that the Holy Spirit does. It was the Father's plan. The Holy Spirit applies it to us as He opens our eyes and brings new life to us. And it's for the obedience of Jesus Christ for sprinkling with His blood. We weren't saved just to live our lives the way we always wanted, for the American dream or for anything else. Uh, we, we, were, we were saved for the obedience of Jesus Christ. We were saved into the obedience of Jesus Christ. We were saved for the purpose so that we would be obedient to Him. Now we're free in Christ, but the greatest freedom, the greatest freedom is to be completely obedient to our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And it's also for sprinkling with His blood. God planned it, the Spirit applied it, and, and it was because of the, the sprinkling of Jesus' blood, the shedding of His blood upon the cross, and we can sing are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Hallelujah, we can say that. Hallelujah, we can say that. We are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And then in the introduction, he closes, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. And he's not just saying hello. This is not just a throwaway hello. He's saying, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace is all over the book of 1 Peter. He is talking about what God has given us in Jesus Christ. Not something that we had to work for, but He, he, he gives it to us freely. And, and uh, peace. We may face hostility in this world. We may face people calling us all sorts of things. Bigots, um, goody two shoes, whatever. Okay, but but in the midst of all that, we can have 
peace. The peace that passes all understanding because we are Jesus' people. And we belong to Him and we are redeemed by Him. We have been forgiven. We have been born again. And we don't belong here like everybody else. We are exiles in this world. And Peter Peter says, may grace and peace, both of those things, be multiplied to you. Now, we're never going to get any more grace than we did the moment we believed. All of the grace we needed was provided on the cross. But what we do is we, we become more and more and more aware of that. We, 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 as we study the Scriptures and as, as we commune with God, we become more and more aware and it multiplies to us so that the more we know of the grace of God and the peace that we have with God being reconciled to Him through Jesus, then it is more multiplied to us as we are aware and we can feel and, and experience that peace that passes all understanding. Now, now we're going to get to what I'm actually driving at today. The first thing he says, and I, I don't remember how much of Ephesians I covered. Did I cover the first chapter with you guys? I think so. It's very similar to what he has in Ephesians. Remember, Ephesians begins, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Well, here, Peter is opening very similarly, and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, He has called us to be born again. So, the point here in these verses is, we are to praise God. Hallelujah! We are to praise Him for His greatness and what He has done in Jesus Christ. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not just any God. Not just the philosopher's God. Not just some unmoved mover out there. But no, this is the God of the Scriptures. The God of and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Specific. Not just some imaginary thing out there. Not like the, the, what the, the philosophers had in Athens with a, to an unknown God there in Acts 17. No, this is specific. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's why we should praise Him. First off, according to His great mercy... His, his great, it's, it's big, it's, it's huge, it's powerful, His mercy. We, 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 mercy, you know, we've got grace and mercy. Grace is this gift that we receive that we, we don't deserve. And mercy is we do deserve God's wrath and punishment. But instead of getting what we deserve, He is merciful to us. He has great mercy. And He has caused us to be born again. Because you know, we, we, were, we were, as, as Ephesians says, uh, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were, we were uh, uh, hostile to God. And yet, in spite of our enmity with Him according to His great mercy. These people who deserve God's wrath, He has caused us to be born again. He's made us new. 
He's changed us. He's made, he's, uh, you know, Jesus talks about the new birth in John chapter 3 when he has this conversation with Nicodemus. And, and Nicodemus says, how, how can a man enter the kingdom of heaven? Jesus says, you, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. And of course, Nicodemus doesn't understand it. He says, well, how can you be born again? Do you go back into your mother and be born a second time? And Jesus says, no. Unless you're born both of water and the Spirit, uh, both, both physically and spiritually, uh, you can't see the kingdom of God. Um, we have been born again. That's happened to us. If we are trusting in Jesus, if we're believing in Him, that's happened to us. We have, we have a new life. We, we've, it's, it, the old man has died. The old person we used to be has died. And we have a new life. We've been born again. We're like a new baby in Christ. He's caused us to be born again to a living hope. You, you can hope in a lot of things. I hope I win the lottery. Well, no, I don't play the lottery. so I, I, I hope that everything goes well for me. I started a new job this week. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a satellite technician now. I'm, I'm working for Dish Network. I don't know if you have any interaction with Dish Network. I hope my job goes well. Uh, I hope I can handle this. But you know, it, it may or may not. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I want to put on a good face when I'm with my boss. <laughs> but I, I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm told I'm going to struggle for the first six months. And after that, it'll be okay. But... Um, but you know what? I've got a hope that is a living hope. I've got a hope that, that, that I will not be disappointed with. Uh, this is not just some hope in some dead idol. This is not just some hope in it, it, that, that is empty. But this hope is a living hope. We have hope. We have a confidence in our hope because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Jesus rose from that. He, he didn't just die and stay in that grave. And, and we, we, we can say, well, we're forgiven because of the death of Jesus Christ. And just forget about it. No, no. He rose again. He proved that it's true. He proved that it's true by raising from the dead. We have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We can know our hope is, is living and active. We can know that our hope is, we can have confidence in it. It is living because Jesus rose from the dead. So that ought to cause us to praise God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we learn about our, our new birth, because of, and the living hope we have because of the because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we should say praise God, blessed be God, because of what He's done for us. And if that's not enough, we'll keep going. To an inheritance, God's people were always promised an inheritance. We think back to Abraham, and he was promised that he would have. A land. He would have the land of Canaan. He would have descendants as many as the stars of the heaven. He he would have blessing. His 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 uh, children would be a blessing to all nations. He had a promise of an inheritance to come, and and we think uh, of of God's people throughout all of, of the Old Testament looking forward to an inheritance. And you think of all the, the, the importance of the land inheritance. So important that, that uh, you, know, you couldn't, you couldn't uh, transfer 
uh, land from one tribe to another. You know, if you made a purchase of land, you had seven years, and then it reverted back to the original tribe. You know, this inheritance was so important, but we have a greater inheritance. It's not just some piece of real estate. Our inheritance, it tells us, is imperishable. You know, and I think of imperishable, I think of fruit. And I get, I, I might pick and I get a nice juicy peach at the store, and I just think, oh, it smells so good. And then I'll cut it open, and eh, it's got a soft spot. And then I get looking a little bit more. Maybe there's a worm in it or something. That's perishable. It, it's going to go. Or if it sits there, you know, it might smell really good sitting there on the counter. And after a couple of days, if it lasts that long, there'll be a couple of fruit flies flying around it, and then all of a sudden, it's just. I don't think that smells quite the same anymore. <laughs> it's not that's perishable. But oh, our inheritance it is imperishable. There is nothing that can affect it. It is it is it is in its prime. It is in its in its beauty, uh, for, and and it will never uh, be perishable. It is undefiled. You know, we look at this world, and and the world that we live in is defiled. It's broken. It's sinful. But the inheritance that waits for us in heaven, the inheritance that waits for us when Jesus comes again, it is undefiled. There will no longer be any sin. There will no longer be any sickness. There will no longer be any pain. There will no longer be any coronavirus. (laughs) But it is imperishable. It is undefiled. And it is unfading. Forever and ever and ever and ever. There will will never... uh, End in its beauty and in its glory. It is unfading. You might uh, get a brand new book and, and, and it looks so nice and it smells new and you can look through those pages and over time, it might just sit there on the counter or whatever and over, over time, the, the sun shining on it will just maybe fade that cover a little bit. And, and over time, who, who knows whatever other things can happen, but that begins to fade. And the joy that you once had with that new book or whatever it is that you're thinking, just kind of uh, it, 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 it uh, dissipates as, as that item that you, you enjoy, enjoyed in the beginning begins to fade. Or maybe you think of a new car. You buy a new car and, and you, you, uh, you, you, just, you want to show it off to everybody. You, hey, come look at my new car. And you turn up the stereo system and let everybody hear how this, how this car is. And then you keep driving it and driving it and driving it. A few years down the road, well, the paint's beginning to chip and crack. And oh, it's got a little fender bender over here. And it's faded. The glory has faded. But oh, our inheritance that we have held up for us, that inheritance that we have been born again to, uh, it, will, it is imperishable, it is undefiled, and it is unfading. That, that, that inheritance that God has held for us, it is unfading, and it is kept in heaven for you. Kept in heaven for you. It, you know, if something is here in this world then, like Jesus said, moth or rust can destroy. Or thieves can break in and steal. But He tells us what to to store up treasure in heaven where that can't happen. Boy, our inheritance that He has for us, it is kept in heaven. It it is where nobody can touch it. It is secure. It 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 is safe. 
and is kept in heaven for you. For you. It's mine right now. It's just just waiting for me. It's got my name on it. It's kept in heaven for you who... Talking about the you. Who, by God's power, are being guarded. How can I know that I will achieve, that, that I'll get that inheritance? How, you know, if, if my inheritance is kept there and it's safe in heaven, well, I'm not up there yet. And I face this hostile world all around me. And I face temptations everywhere. How can I know that I'll be able to withstand that? How can I know that I'll be able to withstand that, 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 the, the hostile environment and, then, and, and the, the bullying or whatever that, that, that hits me every day? How can I know? Because we are kept being guarded. We're being guarded by God's power. Just like God was the one who caused us to be born again, He's the one who keeps us as well. We are being guarded. The confidence that we have that we will reach that destination, that we will receive that inheritance, is not because we're so good or we have the strength. Our confidence is that however weak, however mustard seed size our faith may be, it's being protected by the power of God. God Himself. The God who made the world and everything in it. The God who flung the stars into space. The God who made each one of us in our mother's womb. He is guarding. He is protecting us as well as that inheritance. You who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. He is guarding us. I'm going to do these out of order. He is guarding us for a salvation that is ready to be revealed. How can we know that we'll reach that destination? That we will be saved in the end? Because God is guarding us. He is guarding us by His power. And He's guarding us for this salvation that's ready to be revealed. It's ready right now. We, we, we hold on to that salvation already. It's ready to be revealed. But, you know, God, the Bible talks about salvation in past, present, and future, you know. We have been saved. We can look to that moment when we believed and say, I got saved. I, 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 I am. I, I have been saved. And, and the, the Bible also talks about uh, a present being saved. We are being saved. And he talks about that future revealing of our salvation. When Jesus comes again, when, when He comes again in glory, and, and there is no longer any waiting, and, and, and that salvation is revealed, and we can see, I was real all along. I, was, I, I, had, I had my fears. I had my worries. I, and I wasn't confident in myself, but I was confident in God. And after all of this, that salvation, the, 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 the uh, canvas is pulled away and I can see I'm real. 
Man, that should be something that should cause us to shout hallelujah, praise the Lord, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has caused us to be born again through uh, to an inheritance that is unfading, unperishable, undefiled, kept in heaven for you who are being uh, guarded by the power of God through a faith for a salvation that is ready be revealed at the last time. And this is through faith. Through faith. Lest we think that this is just passive. Like, God... I do believe that salvation depends on God and what He does. But He does not do those things outside of means. He, he doesn't just save us apart from our faith. He gives us faith. He, he guards us through faith. He, he empowers us with faith. How can our faith continue through all that? It's because God continues to give us that faith. And we may feel like, I've only got a mustard seed today. I don't know how long I can hang on. But God guards us by His power through faith. Continuing to give us faith so that we can hold on and believe on Him and trust in Jesus. And that's it. <laughs> For now. <laughs> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has done all of these things. He has caused us to be born again. We have an inheritance that's waiting in heaven for us and He keeps us by His power. Praise be to this God. And the, our, only, our only hope is to look to Him, trust in Him in faith. And if we don't think we can hold on, He holds on to us.